Ashton, Ashton, Ashton Media. Trust comes from building a relationship with customers that, that isn't just transactional. It's, it's more than that, particularly being consistent at all moments of the journey. I'm here for you when you need us. Hello, I'm Stacey Gota, Portfolio Director at Ashton Media and your host of the Ashton Cast, How Does Empathy Impact CX Series? Brought to you by our friends at Genesis, the global leader in cloud customer experience and contact center solutions. These are short, sharp stories and solutions to the biggest challenges in marketing, advertising, media and CX. Please make sure to subscribe, rate and comment and tell anyone that you know that is interested in this industry about this podcast and your favorite episode. You can find Ashton Cast on all of the major podcast players, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher and more. I am thrilled to have Alicia Clark, the Head of Customer Insights and Strategy at Seek with us on Ashton Cast. Thank you so much for joining us, Alicia. Great. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Um, let's kick off by talking about some of those core values of, of CX, particularly regarding you know, relationship building and customer loyalty. How do you think the core values of CX and providing for your customers over time has changed? Look, I really think one of the things that we've seen is a much greater level of awareness now of the impact of customer experience and um, what a differentiator it can be for organisations. The reality is that customer experience really is just one way to differentiate yourself, but I really think it's probably the most important way, particularly when you're operating in markets where everything else is kind of the same. The product does the same thing. The pricing is similar. It's how you can help your customers. Uh, What you make them think, how you can make them feel can really be the key differentiator. Mm. And I think that the the importance of customer experience is really reflected in the obviously growth in the discipline of customer experience, but also the way we're seeing organisations integrate measures relating to customers and their experiences into core business KPIs. And in Mm -hmm. fact, they're comes financial rewards as well attached to how well an organization is helping their customers and what kind of experiences they're delivering. Yeah, definitely. I think too, the other thing I would add is that we're really getting much, much better at understanding and measuring customer experience, which obviously makes it easier uh, to identify pain points. Um, And also even as well, the growth of fields like human-centered design, which encourages organizations to start looking out, um, you know, to take their inspiration externally from their customers, from their users, rather than internally, is also um, really fueling the growth in understanding and value of customer experience. Mm. And it's been great to see that growth of CX as a discipline over the last few years, and with the you know increase in chief customer officers and having having that seat at the table is 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 really great to see. Exactly. 
CX has obviously changed significantly over the years and it's great to see it's increasing in importance and that's been reflected in business metrics and KPIs in businesses. But customer experience has changed particularly significantly during these last few months. How has COVID-19 impacted customer experience, do you think? Has it changed customers' expectations of the businesses that they're interacting with? Yeah. So I think there's probably a few ways that we can think about this from a consumer perspective. I think initially there's been some really challenging experiences that we've been experiencing as consumers. So I'm thinking supermarket customer experiences have probably been terrible. There's been no stock. Um, A lot of helplines have been completely overwhelmed. Contact centres with organisations needing to bring back onshore, um, uh, call centres and also being able to transition staff into working from home arrangements has led to huge backlogs, large delays. Um, so, you know, really what it means is initially from a consumer perspective, I think customer experiences haven't been uh, ha- haven't been to the level that we've that we would normally be used to. Mm-hmm. But by the same token, I think that expectations are changing as well um, as the um, as people understand the impact and the enormity of the situation that we're currently in. Um, And as a result, I think we are starting to see greater levels of tolerance um, for what the new normal is starting to sort of look like. I do think that COVID has really accelerated some digital trends that were just struggling to get a little bit off the ground. So, for example, last week, I had a. I needed to get a referral from my doctor. Now, normally, I would drive to the doctor, park the car, go in, wait, see the doctor for thirty seconds, and then walk out with my piece of paper. And all of that would take around two hours. Now, the experience is my doctor called me. We had a three-minute chat, and she sent me the referral, and that is that. So, the experience is completely different. We've we've been able to do this for a long time, but we there hasn't been that need to. So. What COVID is doing is really accelerating uh, mm. the the opportunity to reimagine what our experiences are. And in fact, it, it's forcing us to deliver experiences in different ways. Um, and in oft, often these ways are actually better for our customers um, and solve some key pain points. So for me, the pain point of losing time and having to wait uh, is gone because it's the, the process has been simplified. Um, other sort of impacts, I guess, online shopping, I think, uh, and as a result, there's been a lot more work focus being done to improve supply chains and how quickly we can get things out to people because of that preference to stay home or the directive to stay home or the preference mm-hmm. to stay home. Um, and so there's more focus on on improving that that kind of those processes. We're seeing even in the legal domain, uh, that there is starting to be greater acceptance of documents that have previously needed to be in hard copy form are suddenly now okay to be delivered digitally. So there's lots of different areas where we're seeing actually the customer experience is improving because we're using, we've been forced to use technology in a way um, to um, to get around some of the impediments that um, have been put before us as a result of COVID. Uh, And as a result, we're seeing sort of different experiences. And and like I said, often these experiences are actually better than what we were, what we had before. Mm. It's amazing how quickly we can innovate when your hand is forced and and there's no other option and you have to just adapt and change. Exactly. And I think this is, this is the this is like such an amazing time to be in CX as a discipline because mm. uh, the, the there is more 
willingness to think about what the alternatives are, whereas before there hadn't been a need, but now there is a need. Um, And so certainly what I'm observing or hearing about from others is a greater willingness by organisations to adopt change and to do things differently, because actually we have to. Um, So that, I think, is a positive. Mm. Yeah, it's an exciting and challenging time, yes. for sure. <laughs> um, and how have the needs of your customers specifically changed at Seek? Yep, sure. So I guess, look, just to, you know, by way of introduction, Seek's purpose really is to help people live productive and fulfilling working lives and to help organisations succeed. So we support both candidates and hirers. So if we look at those separately, for hirers, many of them suddenly had a hiring freeze. So our um, all their businesses weren't, um, uh, you know, were advertising for roles that currently that suddenly they weren't able to um, actually hire. So what we did was we quickly provided some financial relief and we spent a lot of time talking to our hirers to better understand what do you need from us today, what support do you need from us today and pivoting our programs of work, particularly in that communication space, to ensure that we were creating content and communications that were answering their needs and answering their questions and how Mm -hmm. they could support their their teams, how they could support their employees, how they could um, tap into government supports and so forth. So uh, we pivoted very quickly from a um, from a hire perspective. And then for candidates, well, um, obviously we have um, a situation where a lot of people are being stood down um, or businesses are going into hiatus. So we did a number of different things. We created a cross-functional working group across SEEK that really just focused on understanding what are our candidates' challenges and which candidates in particular are being most impacted. So our research quickly showed that it was those uh, in younger demographics, so 18 to 24-year-olds, females, and those in uh, specific sectors and industries like hospitality, retail, Mm -hmm. tourism, tourism were particularly um, impacted by the shifting situation. So what we did was, uh, again, looked at what sort of content are we creating? What support can we provide from a training, upskill, reskill perspective? We also created, we we noticed in our analysis that more people were looking for jobs where they had the option to work from home. So we created a work from home search um, enablement. So you can now search for jobs looking for that term working from home and it will tell you, will mm. you know, provide you with a listing of all the active roles available where working from home is mentioned in the job advertisement. And we similarly promoted that availability and functionality with our hirers. So we did all of that within the first five weeks. So it was very quick. Uh, we also created a couple of marketing campaigns focused particularly on how we can help from a career advice perspective. Um, and we've actually just launched a new campaign where we've joined forces with Spotify and Briggs to create some tunes to help people promote sleep because our research again showed that we had a huge lift in traffic to our website for uh, where people were looking at the website between 10pm and 3am. So we knew that people are losing Mm. sleep and they're worried about their career and their work. And so we came up with this new way, an alternative way uh, to help people get some much needed rest. Yeah, that's a great idea. 
Yeah. That's a great idea. And yeah, it must be an incredibly stressful time for, for so many people around exactly. the world who have yeah, lost their it jobs is. or yeah. Yeah, great way of addressing that. Yeah. Things are changing uh, incredibly quickly. And as we mentioned, the situation is evolving on a day-by-day basis. How are you and the team at Seek keeping your pulse on customer sentiment and attitudes and needs and, and how they're evolving? And how are you distributing that feedback internally among the teams? Yeah, that's a great question. So, uh, and I'll sort of give you a couple of answers. So from a candidate perspective, uh, we've always had large ongoing pieces of research happening every day of the week where we're looking to understand what are our candidates thinking, feeling and doing. And those programs have continued um, throughout this this period. We didn't turn anything off from a candidate perspective. Uh, we continued to measure. And what's been interesting is there's a number of measures that we've been looking at for years that have now suddenly uh, been quite different. So uh, things around confidence in finding work, confidence in job security. All these measures used to be, actually, they were very boring. They were very flat. And then all of a sudden, they dropped suddenly. And what was really valuable was being able to look beneath the overall trends and understand which parts of the of uh, which segments of candidates were being particularly um, impacted and which ones were really feeling drops in confidence and concerns about their job security. So certainly um, we were in a very good position because we had all of this research going on. What we did do was we massively dialed up the cadence of the delivery of those insights. So we used to report back to the business every month about how candidates mm. were thinking and feeling, we dialed that up to weekly because we felt the situation was changing so quickly. I guess the other challenge was it meant that our data, it felt like it was becoming out of date really fast. And so the sentiment that you saw two weeks ago was not going to be what it was um, now. So that's what we did from a candidate perspective. And there was a, there was, and there still is huge interest across the organization in what our candidates were, um, were thinking and feeling. We also really focused not just on looking at what they were telling us, but augmenting that insight with what they were actually doing. So we look at uh, website behaviour. We look at calls to our uh, help helpline, our help centre. We look at the sentiment and the conversations that are coming through our Facebook page and through our social media channels. And we brought all of those together into the one report that's been delivered every week to the business to help them better understand what's happening in the in the eyes of candidates. So that's what we did from a candidate perspective. From a hire perspective, the approach was a little bit different. So we don't have um, the the same regularity of research among hirers. It's more bespoke or it's done more every sort of six months or thereabouts. We made a decision initially that we weren't going to be uh, asking hirers to do surveys at this point in time. What we did instead was we worked close, closely with our customer service team and our sales teams to consolidate insights and feedback that we were getting from our hirers and then disseminating that through the organisation so that there was some clarity of understanding around what our hirers were doing and what they were thinking and feeling. And of course, we augmented that with their actual behaviour. So what we knew they were doing 
doing in terms of posting job ads, uh, the types of questions that they were asking our helpline consultants, uh, the sort of searches uh, for help and advice that they were doing on the website as well. So, um, and again, that is reported on a, on a weekly basis. We've recently just dialed that back to fortnightly now because we feel that we're now in a sort of where, what week 13, I think it is, or thereabouts. Um, things had stabilised somewhat. There hadn't been as much change week to week, but we're still reporting on a fortnightly basis. Mm. And that, that two-pronged approach, so augmenting the, the insights from the customers with their behaviours to get that more holistic view of, of the customer experience is, is a great, great approach. Yes, yeah. We've touched on this slightly as we talked about, you know, customer experience is very much about how we make our customers feel, um, which leads nicely into um, the role of empathy, which we've heard a lot about, particularly during these times. What role do you feel that empathy plays in the customer experience? And do you think it's increasing in importance during this time? So, it's a really interesting one. I think what's happening, the challenge with empathy, what's happening now is that it's really a collective experience, right, which is impacting us all in really different ways. So, is it reasonable to expect that I can have empathy for someone else's uh, response to the situation when they're environment is completely different to mine? It's a little bit challenging. I think the reality is empathy is absolutely critical has been and will be moving forward. But I think that um, we just need to always remind ourselves that we're sort of dealing with a degree of loss. It could be a loss of, you know, freedom to travel as we want, a loss in how we shop, being able to shop as we want, socialise as we want, loss of jobs. So while empathy is important, I guess what's equally important is ensuring that we are reminding ourselves of this loss that people um, have experienced and the different degrees of loss um, and asking ourselves, how can we provide support and guidance? How can we be a trustworthy source? How do we support our customers right now in a meaningful human and relevant way that real focus on um, authentic and meaningful kind of communications and experiences exactly exploring that element of of trust in a bit more detail and, and earning the trust of your customers it's an incredibly important part of building customer loyalty for sure what would you say makes a brand trustworthy and what why is it so important in cx i think you know what, I really believe that trust comes from actually understanding what your customers need and expect at all moments of the journey and then consistently delivering on those needs and taking the time to keep a finger on the pulse and checking that you're actually keeping on top of what your customers' expectations are. I, um, you know, trust comes from building a relationship with customers that, that isn't just transactional. It's mm. it's more than that. Um, and sometimes it's quite hard to describe. Um, but, yeah, I think for me the, the trust is around the consistency. It's around understanding what's important. And it's about particularly being consistent at all moments of the journey, not just when I'm welcoming you Uh, welcoming you for the first time as a customer of my business, but I'm here for you when you need us. Yeah, 
And that's going to be, you know, incredibly important both now and as we navigate that road to recovery moving forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so looking more towards that kind of future perspective and as we do kind of navigate that road to recovery, what role do you see CX having in businesses post COVID-19? So I believe the role that CX has within organisations is that we really are best placed to understand what our customers' needs are and particularly how they're changing. In addition to that, we really are best placed to know how our organisation can collectively help our customers during these really challenging times. I feel that as a practice, so customer experience, I feel that it's actually our workload is probably going to get bigger. I think there's Mm. going to be greater reliance on customer experience leaders to inform the business of what customers are thinking, feeling and doing. And there'll be an expectation that the uh, that our customer experience leaders can provide guidance and direction on where best to place efforts, particularly if you're operating in environments where potentially your own organisation's revenues are down, there are less resources available. And so then how do you Um, effectively prioritise what you have to address those changing customer needs. Yeah, I think it will definitely put CX in the spotlight and it will be a challenging time but an exciting time for, for CX leaders. Yes, absolutely. Busy time too. How do you see or what role do you see technology having in all of this and, and our ability to deliver those more meaningful customer experiences both both now and into the future? So I think, as I said before, we really are seeing a bit of an acceleration. So we're starting to see greater need to use some of the technology that's actually been around for a little while, but for whatever reason, there hasn't been that strong motivation or need to use that technology. So I would like to think that we're moving into a time where we're going to see greater willingness to trial new things, um, to pivot, as much as I hate that word, but it's it's actually <laughs> yes. a good one for this, um, to, to change the way we do things purely because we have to. Uh, so that's really exciting. I mean, from a tech perspective in particular, what I would love to see is even uh, greater improvements in the ease with which we can stitch together um, our understanding about customers in terms of their attitudes, so what they're thinking and feeling with their behaviours. So sometimes we still see that data sort of sitting in separate silos. And so I, you know, what I'd love to see more of is better stitching together of behavioural data with attitudinal data um, and an ability then to help us interpret what are those insights telling us and how do we effectively prioritise moving forward. Mm. And that's something you're experimenting with already, as you mentioned earlier. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, so we're going to mix things up now and move into a bit of a, a quick fire question round. So kicking off with, with that, how do you stay abreast of what's happening in, in the CX industry and keeping up to date with what's going on? Look, to be honest, the main 
My main sources of insight and value are actually my peers, the opportunity to interact with other people in the customer experience arena is really, really helpful. Um, So obviously things like the CX Collective play a really important role here in enabling us to um, connect with each other and see what others are doing, getting some inspiration. There's also quite a few forums around um, that uh, where questions are posed and it's always interesting to see um, how different organisations are responding to different challenges in their own way and being able to take inspiration from that. Mm, perfect. And um, and what's the trend you're most excited about in customer experience? Um, there's probably a couple actually. One is around just the ability to automate continually Mm. automate some very, very boring tasks so that, for example, if I need to reset a pin, I don't need to sit on hold forever to talk to a person. It can just be done automatically. So a lot of that is already well in train, but there's still gaps for a lot of organisations where uh, the experience itself can take a lot longer than it needs to. Um, I think the other sort of trend that I'm interested in is the use of virtual reality or augmented reality um, and how that can be used to improve um, experiences and and, um, help us get a better understanding of what experiences are and also deliver new and novel experiences for our customers. So I'm I'm quite interested in that as as a field and what that might look like in the future. Yeah, great. That's a very exciting one. Um, Is there a trend in the industry that you wish would change or stop in any way? trend in the industry I think um, the main trend for me and it's it's sort of it's quite a, a niche one is around the way we treat people when we ask them to participate in surveys I do worry that um, the benefits for our survey participants aren't as good as they could be I f- would love to see more work being done to build better experiences for our customers um, so that when we ask them for their for their feedback, we do it in a way that's as interesting for them as it is for us. It feels like a lot of take and not a lot of give. So I would love to see a way um, that we can start improving how we actually understand and measure what our customers are thinking and feeling into um, perhaps new experiences that are perhaps slightly more engaging and enjoyable than a 20-minute survey uh, that they then never hear anything about again afterwards. Yeah, that makes sense. If you could tell someone 10 years ago one interesting thing about how technology is changing the face of customer experience and expectations now, what would that be? 10 years ago, yeah. I mean, look, it's it's. I think the one thing that I hadn't realised was just how quickly things change. Um Things change fast, but that said, you still have core fundamental human needs that stay the same. So one of those needs might be around the importance of time and preserving time and not losing time. I... I think the, even the experience of getting a new Apple iPhone might be a good one. So 10 years ago, when you had to change your phone, your mobile phone, it was like a nightmare. You would have to like write down all your contacts details and trying to back things up and, and heaven forbid if you wanted to change like brand. It was just a total mess. On the weekend, I got a new Apple iPhone and I simply sat my new phone next to my old phone and everything just magically transitioned mm-hmm. over. And 
the you know the beauty of that was it you know they have done so much work to understand what are the pain points and the pain point was that migration um the, you know the work that was required the work effort to upgrade and their ability to pinpoint what were the pain points and address those and so here we are in a world where it's no longer something you fear or something that you dread it just happens naturally and if anything you're it opens up your willingness and tolerance to basically buy more products, upgrade your phone, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So it's actually worked quite well. And for me, obviously, the big thing is around time, saving time, keeping it simple, and they just really nailed it. So I think um, that is an interesting thing that could not have happened 10 years ago, and it's amazing to see that the technology is um, Uh, progressed enough to enable this new experience to come to life but also a lot of work had been done to understand what were the pain points and how do we address those. Mm. Apple have done that exceptionally well. Yes they sure have. (laughs) Yes and um, just to to round up and and finish us off are there any um, parting thoughts or ideas or notions you wanted to leave our listeners with? Look I just think embrace this time. I think it's hugely challenging It really is very challenging, but very, very exciting because there is now more opportunity to perhaps do some of the things we've always wanted to do, but there may have been resistance or it's been considered too hard. But actually now, you know what, now is the time we can start to look at new ways of measuring, new ways of delivering. And I think, too, that our role as voice of the customer has never been more important. Organisations need to understand how our customers are thinking and feeling and what they're doing, particularly in an environment where there's no certainty anymore. It's not it's not like a flat trend line. Things are changing all the time. So asking or talking to customers once a month may not be enough anymore. It needs to be a more regular finger on the pulse. And obviously, we play a really important role in understanding those insights and then prioritizing those insights and then working with the organization collaboratively to help really improve customer experiences. What a great note to end on. Thank you so much, Alicia, for joining us. Terrific. Thank you so much for having me. On the next episode of the Empathy and CX series, we'll be playing the full interview with Keith Pierce, VP of Brand Marketing and Communications at Genesis, followed by Jessica Ricks, Head of Customer Interactions at SunSuper. Stay tuned. Ashton Cast CX series was proudly brought to you by our friends at Genesis, the global leader in cloud customer experience and contact center solutions. Again, please make sure to subscribe, rate, comment, and tell anyone that you know that is interested in this industry about this podcast and your favorite episode. You can find Ashton Cast on all of the major podcast players, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Go to ashtonmedia.com.au slash ashtoncast for more info. This episode was produced by Podpaste and Ashton Media here in Sydney, Australia. Executive produced by Sean Jenkins, Gavin Stewart and Stacey Gota. Supervising producer, Darren Lake. Audio production, sound design and engineering by Eamon Connolly. Story writing producers, Charles Montano with the additional help of Aidan Mullins. And podcast management by Michelle Lee.
Ashton, Ashton, Ashton Media 